Hey folks, Josh here. This fall at Gen Con, the largest tabletop gaming convention in the world, our show will be hosting its very first live recording session, taking place August 2nd at 8 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Indianapolis. This show will include a one-time recording of a What's in the Rift one-shot, as well as a prize drawing amongst ticketed guests where we'll be handing out exclusive What's in the Rift Gen Con 2024 custom t-shirts, as well as a Cortex Prime RPG handbook signed by the system's creator, Cam Banks. Tickets are $6 and available via Gen Con's events page. You can find more information and a link to the sales portal at rift.show forward slash live. We can't wait to see you there. Rusty Quill presents. Hey folks, Josh here. This week I'm bringing you the trailer for Five GMs in a Trench Coat, a charming podcast with five skilled storytellers swapping GMing duties throughout a campaign with a different system each season. This first season they're running the Fate system, but they also have and will run miniseries in other systems as well. If you like charming interaction and a real table feel, you'll love everything that Tanner, Tanlin, Jesse, Adam, and Kim bring to the table with them. I highly recommend this show. I would suggest that you check it out after this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Five Gems in a Trench Coat. Excuse me? Yeah? What's that? You want to know what Five Gems in a Trench Coat is? Let us tell you. It's the adhesive that keeps the fragile pieces of my sanity together. Well, okay, Jesse, what it actually is, is a narrative-driven TTRPG actual play where five friends take turns weaving stories through the tabletop game of their choice. Of their choice? Each season? Each season. That's pretty cool. I disagree. Oh. I feel it's the adhesive. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you guys aren't all in a trench coat? No, we're definitely in a trench coat. How How does that work? Before I'm caught, you can check out Five Games in a Trench Coat just about anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can check out our website at fivegamesinatrenchcoat.com. Oh my god, they really are all in a trench coat. All right, that was Five GMs in a Trench Coat. They are available at fivegamesinatrenchcoat.com. That's the number five gmsinatrenchcoat.com. And now. What's in the Rift? Previously on What's in the Rift. I, I've never done that in front of anybody before. I talked about it a little bit on the Rift, but I, I thought maybe I could learn something about this beyond what's on the page. Yeah, I'm thinking we're going to have to make a hole. Make a hole? In a skull. It, um, uh, <laughs> you can do this. Just don't look. Okay. As you pause and are kind of surveying the area, you do hear what sound like some alarmed voices echoing in the night. Do you hear that? I do hear that. What do you think is happening? Well, we could not figure it out and get in this car and not worry about those alarming noises that were there. You just want to leave screaming people screaming and steal a car? He's my husband. He's inside. I can't just go. I'm sorry. I'm Gibson. How can I help you? We just found your wife, Glenda, outside and she was having kind of an issue, but we were going to take her for a car ride, kind of clear her head. Uh, Did you want to come with us? 
This isn't like a euphemism. We're not going to go out back and just get fucked up, right? You, you got an actual car? I, I kind of squint my eyes like, how is this happening twice in a row? <laughs> that people don't seem Listen, to know what cars are. If you got a car, I'll go anywhere with you. Bring Glenda or not. Yeah, it's it's a real car and we're going to go for a real drive. And you're welcome to join us. All right, let's do it. What's in the Rift is intended for mature audiences. This show includes death, drug use, criminal activity, and a consistent undercurrent of existential dread. Any children discovered listening to this show will get the hammer. Horton Bruce, you find yourself in a bedroom, an unfamiliar bedroom, in an apartment, in a building that you have never seen before in your lives, and you were supposed to be meeting people at. However, what you've found instead is a young girl with a cryptic letter and a disgusting, abandoned, rundown hovel. You have wandered into the back bedroom of this place and found nothing really interesting so far. I think this room is just a slightly more pleasant dead end than that bathroom. Well, I would say they both have their merits of being upsetting. <laughs> Maybe we just like back away from this one slowly and never enter the bathroom again and we just kind of do what we're going to do in other places of this apartment. I'm curious about those papers. Any other mysterious letters for me or... I don't know. That's a good idea. Let's see if we can find any kind of documents. You guys head back out to the kitchen where you do indeed find a disheveled sack of papers that's strewn randomly about a table. As you're rifling through these papers, a few things begin to catch your eye, including the passage. Tests were ultimately disastrous. Of the five administered patients, four were never recovered. The fifth came back but was vegetative. Dima insisted on keeping the subject alive for six days, poring over neuronal scans in the hopes of identifying any changes to the structure of the brain. On the sixth evening, the subject died of a brain hemorrhage. Beyond that, the paper is too water damaged to really make out the rest. There are a few markings on here, though. It's very difficult to read, especially with the low light and the building you're in. If we need more lighting, uh, Court takes out... Uh phone to use the flashlight function or to give us some little bit of better view. What's written on these pages is handwritten. That's the first thing that really stands out to you. And the blue ink that adorns them appears to be spotty and inconsistent, almost as if it was written hurriedly. You can see the papers much easier now, but there's simply too much damage to these papers to make them really legible to you without some further work or investigative effort. Did, do we know where the hammer came from? No, we are just told that we are going to meet here in order to see it. I'm not going to lie, I have no idea what it is. You do know that the hammer was purportedly something that Palakas claimed that they had built from instructions that they had deciphered from the rift. 
You think these could be notes about the hammer? I can hardly make a sentence or two in a row, but test subjects? I don't like the sound of this. Uh, what said that they were recovered? That's good. Oh, wait, no, no, died six days later. Never mind. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not feeling terribly comfortable about this. Like, you're great. I'm happy I met you, but, like, this whole feels like a whole, like, murder thing, and I'm not about it. Yeah, I didn't think the best part of this would be the teenager that called me a creep, but everything since we came into the apartment has just been worse. I know, that was the highlight of tonight. That's kind of weird. Bruce, are you thinking about just calling it quits and seeing if you can't get Angie to come pick you up? <laughs> no, I don't know. I think Bruce is unsettled, but I don't know if he's ready to call it quits. The two of them found each other, so... Bruce, I've been thinking, are we in the wrong apartment? Like, not not even apartment room, but like the wrong building? Why would our little friend... They were in this apartment. Not just the building. I don't she know. She knew my name. I'm not a teenager. I don't hang out in, like, decrepit murder apartments. As you guys are debating back and forth, you begin to hear a chant okay. rising outside. It's very difficult to tell what is being chanted, but it sounds like some group is approaching and chanting. Oh. oh my gosh, oh no. this is just like when I took Hans to prom. Oh god. Wait, that's a story I'm going to want to hear about later, oh. but not right now. Um, Bruce, do you hear that? Afraid to say that I do? Mm -hmm. What are they saying? I don't know, but no one has ever chanted for a good thing. Alright, we're going to have to try to what the kids call secretly look at something. I, I'm sure there's a term for it. I have no idea what it is. Peeking. Yeah, yes, peeking. We are going to peek. That is <laughs> that is the term we are going to use. Alright, so I think since you had the idea, you should go first. You are currently in a kitchen across the hall from a living room with a large plate glass window. It is from that window that the sound of chanting can be heard the clearest. Alright, Bruce will approach. He's holding his hands out in a defensive stance just in case. As you look down the street, you see a whole phalanx of brown-robed individuals carrying various instruments and lighted objects, like I guess you could call them torches. And they are walking in formation down the center of the street. What? What religion do they practice in Florida? Is it like an evil monk kind? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard something about that, but, like, I've never visited Florida before, so I'm not entirely sure. Why? Uh, you should take a look at this. <laughs> Court, as you approach the window, you get a, a good view of these folks, too. And what stands out to you is that there's one person at the front of this column of marching priests oh. who appears to be walking rather casually, and he's wearing sandals and a long flowing brown robe and a rather conspicuous pair of neon green sunglasses. <laughs> Do you think this is that wizard? It could be. That person definitely looks like a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
Okay, so I think we have it narrowed down to maybe three ideas. So it's either either a wizard, evil monk, an <laughs> evil monk cult. That's one. Uh, and the last one is the world's slowest mob, and they're chasing that man. <laughs> um, those. That's the only options that make sense to me right now. The man leading the column is pointing at different things on the side of the road and making finger guns at them. <laughs> and when he cocks back his thumb and brings it down like the hammer firing, where he's pointing, little rose bushes are sprouting out of the concrete. Okay, he's a wizard. Uh, yeah. Bruce is feverishly taking the letter out of his coat pocket and he's shouting, <laughs> wow, bouncing and kind of banging on the window thinking that this is the person. As you are pounding on the window and shouting Lai Bojing, the column stops and the man turns and looks up the window and holds a hand aloft over his head and shouts and you can hear him clear as day through the window. Hi, Bruce. Come downstairs. Say hello. Bring your friend Court. Uh, okay, now I'm freaked out a bit. <laughs> What? God. Well, I'm waiting. Okay, let's let's not upset the wizard. Wait, 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 wait. Bruce takes out his phone. He's going to send a message to the Rift if he can. <laughs> okay. He wants to know if this has anything to do with the, the people that's supposed to meet on the Rift. As you're typing this out, Bruce, the man suddenly appears next to you. Oh. It has nothing to do with the Rift at all, actually. Come outside. Come join my followers. I promise we mean you no harm. I'll explain everything. <laughs> Look, I'm here to help, and I want to be your friend. I'm hoping you want to be my friend, too. He reaches out and places his hands on both of your shoulders. <laughs> no time for stares. And before you know what's happening, you are both out in the middle of the street. <sighs> Fresh air. Come. We have so much oh. to do. I, I knew that I should have grabbed those papers. I was going to. <laughs> Damn it. I need to go to bed right now. Tosca and Jenny, you are in a car. Yes, we are. On the streets of Florida. And Tosca, this is your first time driving. Uh-huh. And I'm killing it. I No doubt about <laughs> it, man. Sitting in your passenger seat is Gypsum, a man that you know. How do you know Gypsum, Tosca? Uh, just from, from down the way. You know, it's a, a random uh, native you run into every once in a while. Gypsum from down the way and his wife, Glenda. Right. I did not know he had a wife. According to Gypsum, he has several. Gypsum sitting in the front seat, milk crate leg and all. In the back is Gypsum's most recent and possibly least favorite wife and Jenny. Gypsum leans back a little bit, puts his hands behind his head, and kicks his good leg up over his milk crate leg and looks over at Utaska and says, Ah, yeah, this is the life, buddy. I don't know where you got this thing, but I have to say, we are starting to come up in the world. You and me. Right. right? It was just sitting there, man. I don't know. Like, it wasn't there, then it was there. And, I mean, when you see a car, you drive it, right? 
Well, sure. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever seen one in working condition that didn't have somebody actively guarding it. Or or like a gun on top. I know, it's crazy. Do you have any any ideas on where we could be going right now, Jepson? There's some pretty weird shit happening, and we should, like, maybe get to the bottom of that. Oh, you mean all the... All the weirdness, yeah. People screaming. Right. Oh, there's Shit moving around, like, worlds colliding, et cetera, right? Sure, whatever you want to call right. it. Here's what I'm thinking, Tosca, if I'm going to be honest with you. Let's do it. Uh, when when crazy shit happens, that's probably the best time for Robin. Yeah. Oh, and oh. If there's if there's one yeah. thing that I know, this is a town ripe for a good Robin. Jenny? Absolutely not. Jenny, how are you feeling about Robin? <laughs> Absolutely not. Gypsum. <laughs> Jenny does not want to rob. Ah, oh, Jenny. We really should go find our friends. What are you doing hanging out with a wet blanket, Tosca? <laughs> no, nah, man, she, she helped. She just doesn't understand how things are here. Like, there's no cops or anything. And something's only wrong if it's illegal, and there can't be anything illegal if there's not cops. So, robbing is cool. That's right. Robbing is cool. You should listen to your friend. We should go find our other friends. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's the deal, Gypsum. We were supposed to be meeting. Um, I think it's four other people. I don't really know because I'm, I'm not as involved as I'm supposed to be. But, like, we were supposed to meet them. I got this thing. Everybody said they were there, but they were in different places. And now we need to locate those people. So, so you got any ideas on how we could do that? And then we can rob Locate and rob these people? We're not going to rob them unless they look robbable. (laughs) Well, I guess when I need to locate people, I start asking around. Usually, most people on the street have seen somebody who may know somebody who knows something. But here's the problem. We don't know what any of these people look or sound like. Well, fuck, Tosca. How do you know if you haven't met them already then? That's what I'm saying. That's, That's an excellent point. Jenny, how do we know if we haven't met them yet? Well, we were going to meet them back at that house, remember? Right, but... Perhaps we drive to the house. But we're driving away. Have you considered you could rob the house? (laughs) Jenny says we go back and rob the house, and maybe two birds with one stone rob and find friends simultaneously. (laughs) I guess count me in. Do we have any robbing implements, though, Gypsum? Uh, let's see. Gypsum starts fumbling around... And seemingly out of nowhere produces a satchel. He pulls it up and there is an audible like jingle. Robin satchel. (laughs) He opens it, (laughs) he loosens a drawstring and begins digging inside. And you can hear the clink of metal on metal and the rustle of papers, odd ratcheting sounds as things tumble. And he looks up at you and says, I think I got enough probably for at least some light robin. All right, let's ride. So we're we're, going to turn around and head back to the apartment building. So where is this place? Back where we came from. It's like two blocks before we found you. Like by your place? No, it's where I was staying. Yes, that place. But it's different now, man. It's not the same. Wait, are we going to rob your place? How does that work? It's a different place now. Uh, Okay. You're going to have to show me what you mean, Tom. I'll show you what I mean. Okay. All right. Let's, Let's just head back. And, uh, can, can you crank this shit, by the way? I have not heard music this good in some time. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> I know, this shit is dope. I didn't even know music like this really existed, but apparently Jenny says it's just music, like, whatever. Oh, yeah. Miss Lottie Da back here. I don't rob people. 
I have music that plays from things. Is she, uh, is she a tourist by chance? Are you? A tourist? What do you mean by tourist? Like, do you live outside of Florida? Yes. Didn't we all fly in from outside of Florida? Tosca. <laughs> Airplanes to Florida? Yeah. I mean, she just said she flew here. How else would I have gotten here? The pilgrimage like everybody else does. Oh, a what? Once you get to the border, it's all buses and armored cars and all the other random bullshit that people do to get down here, right? Yeah. I've never seen any of that. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So, okay, okay, Tourists, hold on. Hold on. Armored cars? Yes. Well, okay. Did you just watch, like, an apocalypse movie or something? <laughs> we live in an apocalypse watch movie. movie. Watch a movie. Watch a movie. We don't have a way to watch movies. You see any theaters around here? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you don't have a way to watch movies? You just can't watch them on, like, Netflix or something? I, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been a television channel that made it to add airwaves or whatever. However well, that I mean, shit works. Nope. Not made Nobody it. watches cable anymore. But, like, streaming it online. Mm, online, huh? Online. Uh, there's a computer that my cousin has. Is that the guy that has all the South Korean soap operas? Yeah, 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 yeah. That same guy. I, I fucking it's, uh, hate that guy, man. What, what is it? It's it's at least a bottle yeah. of booze for half an hour. And I, I have no idea how to speak Korean. <laughs> Zero idea. So yeah, uh, there's a computer, and I can I can call up good old Soapstone if you want to talk to him. Soapstone. But, well, yeah, my cousin Soapstone. <laughs> oh, Soapstone. Why is he called Soapstone? We, we, listen, our family has a theme, if you haven't been able to tell. <laughs> I look over at Glenda. I look at her with, like, uh, help please, question mark. And Glenda is still <laughs> clutching her head, but catches the edge of your gaze. She just kind of shakes her head a little bit, shrugs. Is it the kind of head shake as in, like, ignore them, they're dumb kind of a head shake? Or, like, you're crazy kind of a head shake more like the i don't know what you're hoping to accomplish with this <laughs> line of questioning like this is who they are so jenny what it, what is florida like for you well it's sunny you can go there like during spring break and go to the beach um spring break yeah don't tell me you guys don't have spring break either do you have summer break <laughs> jenny all this shit you're saying makes no sense and it's not real. Nothing that you're saying makes sense. You have one computer you charge. For charges. South Korean soap operas. That's nuts. Netflix is like $10 Netflix. a month to watch whatever you want. Gypsum, you ever heard of Netflix before? You keep saying that word like, what kind of net are you flicking? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have to be Netflix. There's Hulu. You can watch Amazon Prime. Hulu. Peacock. There's so many. I, I don't... If neither of us can agree on what Florida is, I guess what can we agree on? Like, where are you from? Indiana. Indiana. Gypsum, you ever heard of Indiana? Indiana. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay. And what's it like in Indiana, Jenny? It's like any other state. There's cities and stores and highways and... No, this... No, Gypsum gets a real concerned look on his face for a second and then readjusts himself in the seat, grabbing the edge of it and pulling himself so he can look directly at you, Johnny, and says, Was, does the word Indianapolis mean anything to you? 
I mean, yeah, it's a huge city. Have you heard of Fort Wayne? Yeah, I have, and I don't... Gypsum slowly turns back around in the seat and sits down kind of hard and looks over at you, Tosk, and says, Do you know any of this? Because I feel like I didn't just a few minutes ago, and when she started talking, things just started clicking. Shit is vague, and it's been like that for, like, a good couple of hours now. Like, we saw a billboard about Jason. Have you heard of Jason Christ? Do you know who that is? The fuck is that? It's some dude on a billboard, like, surfing or whatever, and it said, <laughs> find love with Jason Christ, I think. And I have no idea. And Jenny was talking about Jesus, like, that's another person. My point here is that we don't all seem to be in the same world that we were in. Well, I mean, you guys did grow up in Florida, right? So maybe I've heard the education's not the best. You probably just didn't learn the States. No, we grew up in a Florida where people, when they have a car, it's got a gun on it. Tosca, Tosca, I think I know what a Jason is, too, and what a Jesus (laughs) is, and what an Indiana is, and I don't know why... How do you not know this, Tosca? Why do I know this? What the fuck is happening? I I don't know. I had never heard of Jason before, but now it suddenly I know things about him and, and his religion, and I'm not sure why. I've only seen the one billboard. Well, right. And that billboard didn't even make sense. Like how he pieced out for three days? took a a chill and then arose why does that make sense what the fuck are you talking about I don't know he peaced out for three days I don't even know what peaced out means but I know that he peaced out for three days (laughs) (laughs) I don't know listen 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 you know what would make me feel better Tosca is robbing something can we just let's get back to our roots we're almost at the apartment get your robin bag and let's go Jenny, can we at least agree that shit is weird enough that robbing doesn't matter? I mean, I don't know that it doesn't matter. And honestly, if we're not in a normal world, I might be careful. It might be more dangerous than you're used to. Listen, you two can talk all day. I'm going. And Gypsum gets out of the car and he somehow has a wrench over his head that he's waving wildly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's b time, bitches. And Gypsum smashes a window on the front of the building. Fuck yeah, he did. I look back at Glenda. Is she getting out of the car? Glenda is still head buried between her knees, moaning softly. Uh, I'm going to stay here with Glenda just to make sure nothing happens to her. What? And to guard the car. We don't want someone else to steal the car, right? Oh my God, Gypsum. By this time, Gypsum is half hoisted over the sill of a window and you just see his leg and his milk crates (laughs) flailing up in the air as he disappears inside. You good, buddy? Oh, we're all great over here, Tasca. I'm coming in. Let's go. Fuck yeah, bitches. <laughs> Jenny, as soon as they're out of earshot, Glenda sets up, looks over at you and says, Whatever is happening, you're like him, aren't you? Like who? Like Gypsum. I don't think I'm anything like him. How do you mean? This, uh, this hurts. This hurts for me. And I know Tasca's not saying it. But it hurts for him, too. You're talking about the voices still. 
She puts both hands to her head, and it looks like she's squeezing her head, and she says, No, it's not voices. I I don't know how to describe it. What do you mean? Forgive me if this is rude, but do you have, like, a personality disorder, by chance? What is a personality disorder? It's, well, I mean, there's several different kinds, but generically speaking, having different personalities of yourself. No, it's... No. This... uh, I... I don't know. Everything that she says seems to bring her more pain. After a moment of this writhing, she looks you dead in the eye and says... I have the memories of someone who had a six-year-old daughter who died of something called leukemia. And I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what I can do about it. Because I don't have a daughter. And I don't even fucking know what leukemia is. I didn't even have this memory this morning. But it hurts. It hurts when I think about her. Whatever this thing is in my head, all it can do is fucking think about her. She leans forward and then slams the side of her head with as much force as she can muster against the car window. And when the window fails to break, she does it again. I'm going to, as she lurches for the second one, try to, like, grab her shoulders to prevent her. Okay, this is going to be a contested roll. Okay. Okay. Her result is a seven. Okay. My dice pool. I will use witness to the weird because she's seemingly losing her mind for whatever reason we don't know yet, which is certainly weird. And then... I would like to use my relationship with Tosca because I'm trying to save his apparently good friend's wife, quote-unquote. Okay. I don't know if this will fly, but I'd like to use healer because I'm trying, we would call it preventative healing, by stopping her from creating a concussion that I would then have to heal. I think that I can allow that just because it's more about the general sense of preservation that comes with the healer specialty. Okay. And then I think that's my three. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, let's see what we get. Five, five. And it rolled off the table. Three. So that would be 10 total. You do manage to beat the seven that she rolled. Because this is a contest, she could choose to try and fight through your grasp. And given everything else that's going on, she's going to now try to beat your 10. So this is her continuing the contest. Okay, Uh, that is a 6 on the D8, a 6 on the D6, and a 2, which means that she rolled a 12, which means that she does manage to break free from your initial grasp. You're welcome to, to try to beat her 12, or you can give up and dictate the terms on how you give up. But she will, if you give up, manage to crack her head on the window. So I will give up. Okay. 
as I am trying to pull her and I realize I'm losing grip on her shoulders, I'm going to slide my hand in between her head and the window. So she'll still hit, but she doesn't hit the glass. She'll hit my hand. Okay. I'm going to let you know now by doing that, you're going to gain a D6 complication as a minor injury. But you will prevent her getting the major complication that she would get instead, and she'll also only have a D6 complication. All right? That was the goal. (laughs) So here's how this plays out. As Glenda leans forward, attempting to send her head careening back into the window yet again, you first grab her by the front of the shirt, but she grabs your wrist and yanks it down and uses that momentum to throw herself back. But at the last second, you lunge forward and you get your hand on the back of her head. Unfortunately, her head crashes hard in that window again. The blow is softened by the flesh of your fingers and you feel that crack on your ring finger. And though you feel like you've prevented the worst of the damage to Glenda, she definitely has imparted her own damage on you. As she knocks my hand, I will wince because that fucking hurts. And I'm going to try and cup her head in my hands and just sort of like hold her face and like, Glenda, it's it's gonna be okay. I don't know what is happening, but it's happening to a lot of people, it seems like. So we're gonna figure it out. It's gonna be okay. Just bear with me for a little bit. You're trying to stop her from this course of action she's chosen. So this will also be a rule. Like you're not necessarily physically restraining her here, but you are trying to convince her not to continue hurting mm-hmm. herself. So go ahead and give me a dice pull for that. Because it's more or less the same situation. So honestly, probably be the same. All right. And I, I roll first? You do roll first because you're trying to impart your will on her. Six, three, two. So nine. Okay. She's going to roll again from the NPC pool. Oh, Okay. That is a five, a four, and a two. So you guys have tied on this. Um, ties do go to the acting character, which means that you've succeeded on this role. Glenda's going to give up on that in that her heart's just not in it. She's not trying to do this because she actively wants to kill herself. She just wants whatever is going on with her to stop. And she's not so in love with life that taking her own is out of the question. She looks up at you, Jenny, and you can tell she's dazed. I don't know why this is happening to me, but you gotta help me make it stop. You promise me that you'll help me make it stop. I can promise you that we'll try. Thank you. We're going to cut back now to Blanche and Jackie. Blanche, you are in the bedroom of a strange apartment trying to recover from the intense nausea you experienced when Jackie cut into the skull of Herman to relieve the building pressure from the hemorrhage on his brain. It was a geyser, if you remember correctly, and Mm -hmm. you are currently covered in his blood. But Jackie, you do feel that the operation that you performed was successful and you expect Herman to last at least a little bit longer now. However, what you did is not a a cure-all, obviously. He's not just going to get better. He just won't die immediately now. Jackie, based on your best medical estimate, you would say that if Herman does not receive treatment in the next 90 minutes or so, that the same problem will surface again and he will be in just as much danger, not to mention the amount of blood he's lost. If you're going to get any information out of Herman, it'll need to be quick. 
If you're planning on saving him, you're going to have to start moving now. Herman rolls over a bit and says, Oh, 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 my head. I don't know what you did, but thanks, I think. Well, it's only temporary, but I'm glad it helped some. Was I out for a minute? Oh, yes. I'm not gonna make it. Am I? There's a small chance we might be able to help. You need blood at this point, man. And I don't even know your blood type, and I'm not sure where around here we could find you the help in time, but you definitely are stable for the time being. If this is it, this is it. Guess, uh, guess I'll leave a beautiful corpse, (laughs) right? Herman turns to look at you, coated in rapidly drying blood, big bruises under both his eyes, just absolutely beat to ever-loving shit, and gives you a half-smile, exposing his bloody teeth. Blanche, you show up in the door just in time to see Herman after his line about being a beautiful corpse, turning to crack like this absolutely wretched smile at Jackie. And from your perspective, you just see the back of his head where he has sprouted like a rooster tail's worth of blood Mm. down the back of his (laughs) shirt. I guess you probably want some information. Yeah, you had some stuff you wanted to tell us? Yeah, I got these things in my head. Fire away if you got questions, I'll do my best to answer. You just keep saying you have all this stuff in your head. What is all this stuff? It's not an accident that you're here, but it's not supposed to happen. This thing in my head, it says that somebody's trying to force this. Somebody's trying to make it happen. Uh, Somebody's trying to make you here, and I have to guess they were more successful than they planned on being because there's more than just you here. And I think that's why I didn't see Doc McCloud either. And he reaches up and grabs his head and then curses under his breath and says, Uh, You're important somehow to making whatever happened here happen. Oh, fuck. Take it easy, take it easy. Uh, No, no. Uh, (coughs) Telling me that's wrong. It's not you specifically that's important. It's people like you. Oh, fuck! Hey, hey, let's be gentle with ourselves. I did just put a hole in your head. Oof, I'm sorry. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Oh, it's not easy. I, I don't know what's going on here, but oh, it is not easy. Oh, can you make any sense of that? No, but Jason works in mysterious ways, and all will be revealed in due time, I'm sure. Um, Johnson, what? What? You, you know, 
J- Jason, our Lord and Savior. What? Um, do you guys not go to church? Are you guys Taoists? I can't be seen with Taoists. Don't go to church, but I don't know who this Jason Christ is. Herman looks over at you, Jackie, and kind of gives you a look. Then looks back at you, Blanche, and says, <laughs> Listen, I thought that I was the one with the head injury here. Are you okay? <laughs> I- I'm fine. Is this like a rebellion thing? Are you guys questioners? Like, y- you don't believe Jason is relevant anymore. Are you one of those people? Because no, I know I may have given that impression on the rift, but in everyday life, Jason is my jam. So, Jackie, Blanche had mentioned Jason in passing previously on the rift in your messages, but you hadn't caught that because you were actively standing just outside of her car at that moment, unbeknownst to you. As far as this goes, though, Herman is very confused, but as you start talking more, something seems to click in his eyes, and he says, Did you say something about churches? Yeah, the Church of Jason Christ. You know, it is Jason who arms me with my strength and keeps my way secure. With him, all things are possible. Something about... It's like the most popular Bible verse. Like, everybody knows that one. Jared, twelve, twelve. Sunday School 101. Lady, you are absolutely fucking insane. Uh, but I like you. Hey, I may be short, but I'm not insane. Ah, no, no. There's something you said, though, and I just... <coughs> um, uh, I can't put my finger <coughs> on what it was. It's all connected somehow. <coughs> oh. <laughs> All part of a bigger thing. Herman starts seizing again in front of him. Oh no. Is this my fault? Did I ask him too many questions, Doc? No, this is just probably going to keep happening until it blows his brain. Okay, okay. Oh, um. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Herman's stiff right now. He's back against the wall. And Jackie, looking at him, you can tell that whatever's going on right now is fairly intense. Given the fact that you have left a hole that is actively relieving pressure, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would like to move him off the wall so he doesn't hurt himself, move him away from any things he can bang into, and then also see if I can figure out why he would be seizing and stiff like this, because it doesn't seem to be part of the brain bleed. This will be a test. All right. I've rolled a seven on this test. You'll need to beat that. And this is specifically to figure out what is going on here beyond what would make medical sense to do at the moment. Okay. Would uh, using my against the odd survivor work for that? It would. Okay. Eight. And then... Hey, Blanche, can you help me hold him while I figure out what's going on? Okay. Just, just, just make sure he doesn't bang into anything. So I'm going to use a six for my relationship with Blanche. Six for my medical bag, and then a 12 for healer. Okay. 19. 
How, how would you, a 19? Is that like a 7 and a 12? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do have a 1 as well. Oh, all right. Well, this is a test, and generally in a test like this, we're not going to be introducing a hitch. But in this case, we are. So, <laughs> with a 19, you are 12 over the roll of 7. That was the difficulty rating for this which means that you have a heroic success. That heroic success will give you an asset or mitigate this forthcoming complication from your hitch. Or if you have a proposal for that that you would prefer to see happen, you can always offer that as well. That means that you are able to identify what is going on with Herman at this moment. Everything about what you're seeing is indicative of an epileptic type seizure, a seizure unrelated to the type of seizure that occurs with a hemorrhagic stroke, as Herman previously presented as happening. Epileptic seizures are a little bit different in that they tend to be frequent, come in clusters, and don't always result in the typical seizure-like symptoms. But Herman appears to be suffering from the type of seizure that occurs from an overactivity in the brain. As you are diagnosing this, though, you attempt to stabilize Herman's head, and in the process, you actually bring his head back down on desiccated wrist bone of the corpse that is still in this room with you, that everyone has seemingly forgotten. <laughs> As it comes down on that, it actually worsens the hole in the back of Herman's head. And now he has an active bleed on his head, meaning that the duration that Herman has still alive, awake, conscious has all been reduced. All right. Now, what do you want to do with that heroic success? You can grant yourself an asset, you can mitigate the hitch that's going to come, You, or you can do a third thing that you propose yourself. I would like to staunch the bleed. Okay. You manage to catch the damage as it happens. With a bit of quick thinking, you grab some gauze from your Gladstone bag and you press it firmly against the open wound on the back of the side. There's somewhere around here that we could find medical help. Jackie, can we get him out to my car? Yeah. Is it okay to move him? We have to take him somewhere. Okay, how do we get him out there? Do we need one of those body carrying slings or you like... you think you could lift one of the ends of that? Hey, I may be small, but I'm pretty strong, okay? <laughs> okay. Looking at Herman, he's a gaunt man as well. He's no more than five foot six, five foot seven maybe, and looks like he's maybe 135, 100. Yeah, and besides, you're lifting the other half of it, so, you know, like, I only got to lift half his weight. That's that easy. Jackie, it also would be very familiar to you on how to construct a litter that can be dragged as opposed to being carried. Yeah, let's, let's put something together, and we might not need to have to have you carry. We could probably just both of us drag it. You say that, and Herman starts to stare vacantly again, exhibiting the telltale signs of a minor epileptic episode. Hawk again! Alright, I think we're gonna brush this. Clock's a ticking. So you guys have made the decision to take Herman off-site uh, to a second location, something you should never do with somebody that's a great like Herman. Uh, and now you are doing your best to save him. We will rejoin you in that effort next time on What's in the Rift. 
If you enjoyed our show, please remember to rate and review What's in the Rift on your favorite podcast platforms. If you really like the show, you can find us on Patreon to support us directly. Find links to our Patreon and Discord servers on whatsintherift.com. We appreciate the time that you spent with us, and we're looking forward to spending some more time with you soon. What's in the Rift is brought to you by Gas Station Drugs.